The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 274 of the podcast where you're joining me live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Either way, welcome to the show. Today's Sunday, February 13th, Super Bowl Sunday. I don't give a shit about football, guys. Um, It's the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, I plan on watching the game. Uh, I'm... I'm in a Super Bowl pool. I don't know what my numbers are. So maybe I'll win a little money today. A little scratch, a little beer money. Um, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to uh, all you lovers out there. And happy loneliest day of the year to the rest of you. Uh, cheers. Either way, reasons to drink on a Monday. You got to love it. You know, whether you have a Valentine or you don't. Um, both are good reasons to have yourself a drink. I am uh, drinking a beer from one of my favorite New York breweries, Finback. <laughs> I'm trying to hold up the can for you guys, but the uh, the green screen is picking it up. Uh, this is just their basic IPA rolling in clouds. Um, obviously, I'm still up in New York I'm here at my sister and brother-in-law's house a little bit upstate uh, you know finished my uh, time in the city and with work stuff and then uh, came up here spent time with family but I love Finback it, it seems like every time I'm up here I end up drinking more beer than I normally do because you guys know I've been trying to cut back on the beer because I don't want to buy bigger clothes uh, that's the main reason I don't really care about how I look or anything. I just, I don't want to go through the process of buying new clothes. So I need to maintain the figure that I have to stay in these clothes. Um, Cause I don't like shopping for clothes. So that's the reason, but um, always grab some Finback when I'm, when I'm up here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, this one, this one is very consistent. It's just like a nice light, easy drinking IPA. And um, <clears throat> I, I just, uh, I'm laughing because I don't know if you guys can hear or not, but my, my daughter's crying for me downstairs. Um, she's pretty tired because we woke up to, I don't know, three or four inches of snow up here. So we went and um, did a little sleigh riding in my sister's backyard. And it was Ariana's first time on a sled and she did it all by herself. Super proud dad, but now she's tired and cranky while I'm uh, up here trying to do a podcast. Um, anyway, I think uh, some someone will uh, tranquilize her or something. Somebody will take care of that. Um, where was I? Finback. Yeah. Um, always grab some Finback when I come up here. The only frustrating thing about this brewery is I'll try one of their beers and it's awesome, and then I can never find it again because they do, like, these limited runs or they'll 
release it under a different name or something like that. But this uh, Rolling in Clouds is uh, is one of their staple IPAs, I guess. So I grabbed uh, grabbed some of those at the store because I knew it was going to be good. And it's Super Bowl. You got to drink beer on Super Bowl Sunday, right, guys? That's one thing I know about football, at least. And I know Tom Brady retired. So there's that. Um, I'll tell you guys a little bit more about the rest of my trip um, in Manhattan since I last spoke to you guys. Um, so I did the last episode on Sunday. On Monday, I made my way to Henzo Gracie's um, in, uh, in Manhattan. Uh, second time there, training in the Blue Basement. And got a little jujitsu in. Tur turns out I still know how to do jujitsu, guys. Um, it was a Henzo Gracie gym where I first put on a gi many, many years ago out at Henzo Gracie's uh, Fort Lee. Um, not the first time I did jujitsu, but the first time I, I put a gi on. Um, and that was my home gym for a number of years. That's where I met Jeff Animal Wilson, who obviously is not joining the show today again. So. If you want to reach out and show the animal some love, you can't. You got to message me because I think he's off the uh, social media for a little while. <laughs> Just taking a break from uh, everything, all the non-essential things in life, like this podcast and social media. Taking care of uh, what matters, you know, family and work, stuff like that. This, all this stuff is just extra. But you guys know that. I don't need to explain that to you. So I uh, went to Henzo's. Always a good time. Um, it, it's just like, it's got such a cool energy there. It's such a fun place to train. I know a lot of the, the main players there left, like uh, Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin, and uh, Craig Jones, John Danaher, all those guys took off during the pandemic because they were tired of the restrictions and, and wanted to train. So they moved to Puerto Rico and then to Texas. So a lot of them are gone, but <clears throat> there's still a boatload of Gracies in there, which obviously very legitimate jujitsu. And uh, shout out to uh, the coach of the class, Rafael <coughs> um, Sapo, um, former UFC fighter, 17 or 18 fights in the UFC. Dude is a total gorilla. Um, I got to roll with him my last roll of the day. Um didn't didn't go so well for me as uh <laughs> as you guys can probably guess um you know Rafael it's uh Natal Rafael Natal they call him Sapo um world champion in jiu jitsu uh super technical um taught like a really cool uh Kimura sequence, shoulder lock sequence. Um, and it was fun. Um, I got to train with my buddy, Steve Maraboli, who you guys may remember from the show. <clears throat> uh, they call him Stevie Booster. Uh, the guy is just out uh, competing at Purple Belt and winning everywhere he goes. Like every other weekend, this dude's texting me pictures of himself with medals. Uh, he's like a prize pony. Uh, so <laughs> shout out to Steve. Um, so we got some good training in, and then we went to a, a New York City pub and 
threw a couple of beers back and ate some cheeseburgers and totally negated all the training that we did. But uh, it's always good to uh, to train with, with some buddies when you're in town and then uh, celebrate with some beers. So that's what we did. Um, that was cool. I got to meet Jamie English, who, uh, if you guys listen to the UFC Unfiltered podcast, he fills in on there sometimes. He is the uh, Muay Thai instructor at Henzo's in Manhattan. And unbeknownst to me, also a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. So I got to meet him and, and roll with him. Super cool guy. Um, <clears throat> hopefully next time I'll be able to bring my Muay Thai gear and uh, get in there and, and take a Muay Thai class. Uh, it's just such a pain in the ass to bring all that stuff. That's why I only take like the no-gi class because all I have to do is throw a rash guard in my suitcase because it seems like if I ever plan on training jujitsu when I travel, if I put a gi in my luggage, there's a 1,000% chance I will not make it to a class. Like something will come up and I'll just be lugging this gi around and it'll never happen. But if I throw a rash guard in, and a jock strap, um, <clears throat> then, uh, you know, not so hard. Mark says uh, he remembers Rafael Natal facing Robert Whitaker. How did that fight go, Mark? I actually don't remember that one. <clears throat> um, but yeah, everybody's cool in the blue basement, man. And even though, like, a lot of the more well known grapplers have moved on. Um, it's still a room full of killers, man. It, but it was such a good time. It made me miss jujitsu because I haven't been doing much jujitsu lately. Okay, Robert Whitaker beat uh, Sapo on points. Three-round fight. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, it was a good time. What else? I um, My wife dragged me out to go for a jog in Central Park. Um, I don't run. If you guys, I don't know if you guys are aware. I ran the New York City Marathon in 2015. And ever since then, I have hated running. I used to enjoy like a good three to five mile run, you know, clear your head, get some exercise, get some fresh air. Now, no more. I hate it. But um, the wife made me uh, go for a run in Central Park. And it was actually pretty fun. We did about three miles through there and then... Um, in total throughout the day, walked probably about six miles. We went downtown, took the subway downtown, and went to John's of Bleecker on Bleecker Street for pizza. And I have to tell you that, guys, probably the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Uh, I posted about it on my Instagram story um, at MMA on the Rocks. I, I may post about it again. Just just awesome. If you guys are Dave Portnoy fans from uh, Barstool Sports, he does the One Bite Pizza reviews. And John's Bleaker was his number one spot in the city for a long time running. Gave it a 9.3. Um, those of you who watch the show understand that's an astronomical score and well-deserved. Um, the pizza is just incredible. It's just cooked perfect. Uh, coal fire, brick oven. Shout out to John's Bleaker. Um, so I, my, my week here in New York has, has been trying to balance out all the bad food and beer with some exercise. So I go to Henzo's, I drink some beers, I jog in central park, I eat some pizza. 
you know, I, I pull my daughter around in a sled in the backyard. I drink some beer. Um, life is all about balance, guys. Um, so <clears throat> let's see. Was that it? And then we took the train back up here and uh, reunited with our daughter, which was awesome. She had a great time. Her grandma and grandpas, they, you know, took care of her <laughs> so well that she didn't want to leave. She actually wound up staying with them an extra night. Um, so that's good. She got some quality time with the grandparents, and they spoiled the shit out of her, of course. Um, you know, she came back with a bunch of new toys, and, you know, they went out and did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and it was a good time. And then um, it was cool um, seeing my daughter play in the snow. If you guys don't know, she's four now. So um, she's she's really been a lot of fun to, like, interact with. Um, we built a snowman the other day with, like, kind of the leftover snow. And then there was three or four inches of fresh powder this morning. So we took out the saucer sleds. And my sister's house is on top of, like, a steep hill. Um so she's got like a nice hill in the backyard that goes like into the woods. Uh, so my daughter's flying down the hill on the saucer sled and I got to grab her before she flies into the trees. Um, but she had a blast. Um, so I, I hate the snow, uh, but I don't mind experiencing it like this, uh, where I get to see the fresh snow, nice powder, do the sleigh riding, do the snowman. And then I go back to Florida tomorrow. And I don't have to watch it turn into brown slush that makes you hate your life every time you have to walk through it to get to your car and then wait 39 minutes for your car to warm up. I don't miss any of this stuff. <clears throat> so back to Florida tomorrow. Excited about that. Going to enjoy the Super Bowl here with the family. We're going to smoke some wings and, you know, mom's making meatballs. It's going to be a good day. You can't tell I'm Italian on my mom's side. I don't know if you guys know or not. Um, yeah, what else was it? I think that's pretty much it. Pretty, pretty much sums up the trip. I had a good time. I got to spend a lot of good quality time with my baby niece as well, who's eight months old now. Um, so it's been cool. It's been real cool. And then my sister has a dog. My daughter loves playing with the dog. So it's always a good trip up here. Drink all my brother-in-law's booze, and then I go home. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's talk some fights, folks, shall we? I don't want to turn this into like a travel and, and dad podcast. I promised you guys a long time ago I wouldn't do that. But, you know, a few anecdotes here and there. Um. UFC 271. This is a good card. Um, let's see. 14 fights. Uh, went a little late for my taste. And I know those of you in other parts of the world uh, hate hearing me complain about that. But, you know, give me a break. I got kids. I got to wake up early. So. Main event. Israel Adesanya defends his middleweight championship against Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker was convinced that he won this fight. Um, and I have the official scorecards here. Okay. Um, let me see if I can just make it a little larger. Okay. So 
one judge, and I, I guess I can see where people would make the argument. So two judges scored rounds four and five for Whitaker. One judge scored round two for Whitaker and every other round for Adesanya. Either way, unanimous decision. Um, I can't really see making a case for Robert Whitaker winning the fight. Um, he is convinced that he won. And in the moment, you know, it might have felt like he was doing enough. But um, <laughs> Mark says he has Whitaker winning 50 to 40 and the Texas judges screwed him. All right. Well, you know, to each their own. Uh, if you combine the three judges' scorecards um, and, you know, if they had seen things a little bit differently. So the one judge was Mike Beltran. And I don't know why Mike Beltran was a judge. I think they had to remove one judge at some point and Mike Beltran had to step in. So he gave round two to Whitaker, but he gave one, three, four, and five to Adesanya. And the other two judges gave one, two, and three to Whitaker and four and five. I mean, one, two, and three to Adesanya and four and five uh, to Whitaker. Um, I definitely gave round five to Whitaker. That was his best round by far. Uh, he was really able to dig deep and push Adesanya. Round two was tricky because he hit that late takedown. Um. I, I remember after I watched it, like before they read the decision, uh, thinking that Whitaker had won two and five and that Adesanya had won the others. It, to me, it was a clear victory for Adesanya. Like he just, I can understand Whitaker thinking he did a lot, but then when you're watching the fight and you're seeing how evasive Adesanya is and how fast he is and how he was just, Half a step ahead the whole time. Um, I mean, the guy is an incredible fighter, and he didn't he didn't take any chances. He didn't he didn't push the action. He didn't force anything. Even when he dropped Whitaker in, I think it was the second round or the third round, somewhere in there, um, he didn't pounce on him. He was just gonna pace himself, pump the brakes a little bit, and and win this on points, which. You know, you can't, you can't blame him for doing that. I mean, that's pretty much the same boat that, that um, Anderson Silva was in for a while. Um, George St. Pierre, they were just, you know, guaranteeing themselves the victories. And if finishes came, great. If they didn't, they're just going to hold on to that title for as long as possible. So What can we say about this? Obviously, Whitaker improved a lot, but it just wasn't enough because Adesanya has also improved. And he was fighting an Adesanya who wasn't out to prove a point like he was the first time. He was fighting an Adesanya who was looking to hold on to his title, uh, beat a guy he's already beaten as safely as possible, and then move on to some fresh blood. Uh, what do you do if you're Robert Whitaker, man? He can't move up to 205. We know he can fight at 170, but, um, you know, at, at his age, I think, I think he's about my age, 37, 36, somewhere in there. 
Um, he's not going to want to suck down to 170 anymore. He's going to have to live with being the second best guy, uh, you know, as long as Adesanya is around. Unless, you know, some people are calling for Adesanya to move up to 205. I don't really see the need. Um, although fighting Glover Teixeira would probably be, you know, one of his better chances to. I shouldn't say that either because Glover's Glover's fucking tough, man. He's a, such a good wrestler and he has good top pressure. And we saw it. And he's so big. I don't want to see Adesanya move up right now. Um, and you know, you got Jared Cannonier. Um, you got some. You got some other challengers like waiting in the wings at 185. Um, you know. Who knows? We could have Chemayev challenging for this belt in a in a in a year or two. Um, we get some interesting things on the horizon. I, I don't I don't need to see him move up, um, especially after um, Jared Cannonier putting on the performance he did uh, against Derek Brunson earlier in the night. It just makes so much sense. His call out was perfect. The way he was like, "Give me Dana White's attention, Dana. Look at me. It's me." <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, what a performance by Cannoneer too, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but what do you do if you're Robert Whitaker, man? Like, this is tough. Like if, even if Cannoneer comes in and beats Adesanya, like Adesanya is probably going to get a rematch. So Whitaker's going to have to go out and beat somebody else. He's going to have to, you know, have a rematch with Derek Brunson, uh, you know, fight another another top guy, I guess. If Cannonier beats Adesanya twice, then Whitaker's got a chance because Whitaker has a win over Cannonier, so you know he can challenge him for the title, and you know maybe that's his route back to the title. Um, but other than that, I don't know what you do if you're Robert Whitaker. I don't have a solution right now. If you guys have any ideas, let me know. Oh, Mark said he's 31, so he still has time. All right, so I'm just old, and I try to, like, bring everybody into my age bracket. That's just what I do. Um, yeah, I, I just thought the scorecards were interesting. That's why I wanted to bring that to, uh, to your attention, because, it, one, it's weird that Mike Beltran was in there. Um. And, and two, it's interesting that two of the judges saw Whitaker winning the last two rounds. Because um, that says a lot about, you know, the way he was able to dig deep. But maybe Adesanya was just coasting in those rounds. You know, maybe he knew he already had it. So, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to push the action. Either way, it was a good, solid fight. Good main event. Um, you know, it was hard to get excited for given how the last one went, but, um, you know, it was a better fight. So congrats to both guys. Congrats to the champ, Adesanya. And one thing Adesanya does that no other champions ever do is he sets up his next fight. He called out. He was like, Cannoneer put on a great performance. He called me out. He's the guy I haven't fought before. Let's do it. Um, the other champs aren't doing that. Like, nobody ever does that. Like, he calls his own shots, and he puts on a show. Um, I'd venture to say he's probably the biggest star on the roster right now. Um, definitely the biggest star out of the champions. Um, 
you know, maybe Nganu would be a, a second and then maybe Usman. Um, but yeah, I'd say Adesanya is the biggest star they have. Um, and skill wise, like one of the best of all time. I, I, I'm interested in the Alex Perea fight. Um, I don't know how quickly they can move him along up to a title shot, but obviously that would be interesting. So for those who don't know, Alex Padilla knocked out Adesanya in kickboxing uh, many years ago. And, uh, you know, now they both find themselves in the same division in the same organization of the UFC. So we'll see how that goes. I know he's, he's got a fight coming up against uh, Bruno Silva, I believe. Um, so, you know, a couple of wins. And he'll be right up there. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the card, which went a lot better. Um, you know, if you're from Australia or uh, New Zealand, that side of the globe, the rest of the card um, probably made you much happier than the, than the main event there. Um, although Adesanya lived in New Zealand, although he, I think he moved to the United States now. Tied to Yavasa. Knocks out Derek Lewis. This was a fun fight, man. In that second round, when they just started swinging on each other, it was exhilarating, terrifying, and, and just fun. This was a fun fight as you'd expect from two of the most fun characters in the sport in the division um these guys are both loved for different reasons you know Derek Lewis for his personality and his sense of humor tied to Ivasa for his kind of mm, carefree uh attitude and his drinking beers out of people's shoes um um, let's see. Mark says he didn't think the pay-per-view showed the cage shoey. I don't know. I don't recall actually. I don't I don't remember seeing him do a shoey in the cage. So maybe they didn't. There might be I don't know, there might be some kind of rules against that or they don't they don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. I don't know. This is coming from a guy who drinks every week on the internet to talk to you. About uh, about mixed martial arts, but Tuivasa, man, the way he finished it in the clinch with that short elbow, uh, man, that thing would have knocked out a horse. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever been elbowed in the face up close. Uh, it doesn't feel great, and from a guy who cuts weight, I believe, to make heavyweight, um, that's a lot of power coming behind it. So. I mean, you got to hit like a truck to put a guy like Derek Lewis down. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing this fight again down the line. Uh, the, the problem for Tuivasa is you're coming off a win over Derek Lewis. You know, that should put you into title consideration. But, um, you know, the championship is, is kind of tied up right now. And Ganu, I guess, is going to hold out or whatever. Um, I think maybe you should have called out Cyril Gan. Perhaps. Uh, would that have been a rematch? No. They haven't fought. Yeah. 
But five-fight win streak now for Tuivasa, and um, he's going to have to make a move here. 28 years old, which is so young for a heavyweight. Um, they don't let you start competing at heavyweight in Bellator until you're 40. I'm pretty sure that's a rule. Um, yeah, so awesome victory for Tuivasa there. Uh, my favorite fight of the night. It was just so much fun. Um, and Derek Lewis will be back. Most knockouts in UFC history. Fans love him. You could throw him back into a main event, no problem. Um, hopefully he's okay. Probably got a pretty bad concussion. Take some time off, but um, he'll be back in there. That's the way it goes at heavyweight, man. Those those boys are so big. Um, <laughs> you think like Derek Lewis probably has more punching power, but you know Tuivasa's got a lot of tools, and uh, he showed it. Great fight. Jared Cannonier looked awesome against Derek Brunson. Um, after about a round and a half. So um, Brunson took Cannonier down at the end of the first, and then I th he felt something when he took him down that gave him confidence, and then he dropped him at the beginning of the second, um, held him down, but Cannonier did a great job of, of getting over to the cage and, and standing back up, and um, – yeah, the, the finish was just so brutal and so violent where he dropped Brunson, got on top of him, and dropped those three big elbows. Um, that was a little scary. Uh, you had to be worried for Brunson there. Um, knocked him out cold. <clears throat> I still think that Brunson, especially blonde Brunson, is is one of the best middleweights in the world on any given night. Um the problem is once he starts to get into a little bit of a firefight, he gets into those bad habits of leading with his face. And um, that increases the likelihood that you get punched in the face. So, um, and, and those are things that, that may never go away. Those are habits like he may always fall into for the rest of his career. Um, but he, he's been doing a good job of, of countering those inclinations with, patience and wrestling and grinding um and the Derek Brunson who does all those things is one of the best fighters on the planet um so but credit to Cannoneer man the the finish was perfect it was brutal uh violent highlight real finish the call out of Adesanya was perfect uh got Adesanya's attention and probably got him the, the championship fight. So congratulations to Jared Cannonier, who's just such a fucking beast of a man. Uh, that's a scary dude, man. I, I Credit to Adesanya for being like, okay, that guy who just caved the guy's face in with his elbows, yeah, I'll fight that guy. So these are, these are, different, uh, these are different kinds of human beings, folks, the folks – the, the guys that, that do this at a high level. And um, that's why I love this sport so much. Renato Moicano, probably the most one-sided fight of the night. Just kind of battered Alex Hernandez and then submitted him in the second round with that nasty rear naked choke he has. That guy must have a hell of a squeeze, man. Um, and then he was asking for a bonus, which... Usually doesn't work out. I hope he did get it. And then 
he had kind of a confusing message too, where he said Brazil doesn't care about sports and doesn't care about athletes. And um, he loves the United States and he loves Texas because they care about the fighters. Um, I don't know if there was like a bit of a language barrier there or, or, or what was going on, but I would love to hear him kind of clarify that a little bit. Um, because to me, it seems like the Brazilian fans are super supportive and they love the fighters, but you know, if Moicano says different than, you know, who am I, who am I to tell him not to feel that way? Nobody. I don't tell people how to feel. It's not my job. Um, let's see, Bobby Green. Oh, I take it back. Maybe Bobby Green versus Nasrat Hawkbarast was the most one-sided fight of the night. Bobby Green just put on a boxing clinic. Um, Hawkbarast had like a high guard, and you know he landed a couple of shots, but Bobby Green shook off everything that Hawkbarast had to throw at him. He's there with his hands down, and somehow has like some of the crispest boxing you'll ever see, even though it's technically wrong. Like every boxing coach in the world, the first thing they'll tell you is keep your hands up at all times. And Bobby Green comes with his hands below his waist and just throws perfect punches. Um, it's, it's really something to see. Uh, it, it's kind of reminiscent of like Roy Jones Jr. in his prime where Roy Jones would just have his hands down and just like whip a jab in your face that came from his feet. It was, um, you know, it was, it was a thing to see. And uh, the guy was so good for those who don't remember Roy. He was so good that he didn't sell pay-per-views because it was just expected. He was going to whip the shit out of whoever he was fighting. But <clears throat> Bobby Green, man, what a, what a rejuvenation this guy has had uh, since changing camps. Um, Two-fight win streak, and then he had the two decision losses to Faziv and Tiago Moises. Um, but then, you know, he had three big wins over Clay Guida, Lando Venata, and Alain Patrick. Um, <clears throat> 35 years old, um, and just, you know, doing a damn thing look looking better than than he's ever looked and bobby's been around this game a long time um casey o'neill not winning anybody over with uh win over roxanne Montaferi and in, in what was her final fight uh as a mixed martial artist so congratulations to the happy warrior roxanne Montaferi. um you know, thank you for, for being such a pioneer of women's MMA and, and putting on so many epic performances over the years, um, beating the crap out of Macy Barber when <laughs> that's what everybody needed to see, um, to, to humble her a little bit and, and get her to pipe down. Um, so thank you to Roxanne for, you know, a, an excellent career, um, so much entertainment, Two times on The Ultimate Fighter, uh, Invicta, UFC, uh, Judo and Jiu-Jitsu, Black Belt, I believe. Um, and she's just so damn tough. And uh, Casey O'Neill found that out last night because Mataferi put it on her. It was a split decision win for Casey O'Neill. Obviously, that was not right. 
because Casey clearly won the fight. Um, but yeah. Um, and then Casey O'Neill got booed by the crowd and then kind of leaned into it and, and told everybody to go fuck themselves. So oh, Mark's telling me what the bonuses are. Uh, Tuivasa and Cannoneer performance of the night and uh, Dion Drage and Morozov got fight of the night. I did not see that fight. So I guess I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, I did see Kyler Phillips against Marcelo Rojo. Um, man, what a special talent this Kyler Phillips kid is. Um, he's fun to watch, super skilled everywhere, super well-rounded. Um, you know, only got a couple of losses. He's, he's going to be fun. Uh, going forward in this bantamweight division. I feel like they're going to move him up pretty quickly. Um, maybe Kyler Phillips and Sean O'Malley would be a fun fight to put together. Uh, but, yeah, he was beating up Rojo on the feet, and then his transitions on the ground, he saw Rojo wasn't going to tap to the triangle, so he rolled to his back and hyperextended the arm for a, the triangle armbar finish. Super slick, super smooth. Very impressed with this kid. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch going forward. Uh, Carlos Ulberg uh, shut down Fabio Charant. Uh, so Charant, very explosive, came forward just basically like windmill swinging his arms at Ulberg uh, and then seemed to kind of run out of steam a little bit and, and Ulberg took control, um, you know, was, was winning the fight everywhere it went. And... Uh, yeah, he looked good. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence defeated Leomana Martinez by unanimous decision. Jacob Malcoon beat AJ Dobson unanimous decision. Douglas Silva de Andrade submitted Sergey Morozov in the second round, but this was the fight of the night. So I, I guess I got to go back and uh, and, re and watch that one because. It must have been really exciting leading up to the rear naked choke. Maybe it was like a come from behind for DeAndrage. Um, but definitely looking forward to going back and watching that one. Jeremiah Wells submitted uh, Mike Matitha. Matitha. Math Sorry, guys. Um, submitted Mike. Uh, choked him unconscious with a rear naked choke. I did see this one. Um, just put him out cold. So congratulations to Jeremiah Wells and, um, you know, Mike proved his toughness by, uh, not tapping and going unconscious. Um, one of the biggest disappointments for me was William Knight missing weight by like 12 pounds. Holy shit, dude. Um, and then he lost the decision to Max Grishin. Listen, I'm a big fan of William Knight. I love the way the guy fights. Um, you know, he he comes from a Sitio Tong uh, style Muay Thai, just like me. So I I always root for the guy. But twelve fucking pounds, man! <laughs> twelve pounds. Like you had to know something was wrong. Like you got to give somebody a heads up. Like ask for a catch weight at that point. Um, which I believe this fight what did end up being contested at heavyweight. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure what the arrangement was there, but that's a problem, man. He kind of, I mean, William Knight is a thick dude. My buddy Dan Tom likes to call him Thick Willie, which I think is one of the best nicknames. <laughs> I think is one of the best nicknames in the sport, if I'm being honest. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Hey, this dude carries so much muscle, William Knight. Like the guy's just got so much mass packed onto his frame, and he's so strong and so explosive. Um, but yeah, he's got to get the weight thing under control. <laughs> the Russian took 40% and said, let's dance at heavyweight. That's a gangster move. So that sucks, man. Um, that sucks for William Knight. Like, he screwed himself because he lost the fight. So there's half your money out the window. And then 40% goes to your opponent. 30% goes to your taxes. 10 or 20% goes to your coaches. Like, you just fought for free, man, because you couldn't get the weight under control. Yeah, Mark says after tax, Willie owes the UFC 10 grand. Damn, that sucks, man. But you gotta stop lifting them weights, Willie. Too much weightlifting, too much muscle. Yeah, I get that under control, my man. Overall, I thought this was a really fun card. You know, it was it was great. You know, it was entertaining top to bottom. I didn't get to see every fight, but I'm gonna have to go back. And watch a couple of things, especially the uh, Douglas Silva, Sergey Morozov. I got to catch that one. And uh, I didn't actually watch the William Knight fight, but yeah. So I'm just looking quick here. So Mike Beltran refereed three fights in a row, and then he was the judge for the main event. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look up. Uh, the, the reasoning for that um, after the fact. I would, I would imagine something happened. Oh, how did I miss Andre Orlovsky? Split decision win over uh, Jared Vandera. So I keep telling you guys, man, Orlovsky, like they keep trying to feed him to these young heavyweights, and then he plays spoiler every time. Orlovsky can still do it, man. That, that, that dude's a legend. And he just keeps going. How old is Arlovsky? Let me see here. 43 years old. Andre Arlovsky, the fucking Tom Brady of MMA. Just like, it, there was a dark time in this dude's career. Back in 2016, 2017, he lost a bunch of fights in a row. He's getting knocked out like crazy. Makes his way back to the UFC. Loses a bunch of fights. And then starts beating people. Now he's won, let's see, five of his last six. His only loss was to Tom Aspinall, who's, you know, tough up-and-comer. But uh, look at all these young dudes he was beating up on. Jared Vandera, Chase Sherman, Tanner Bozer, Felipe Lenz. Like, these are all young dudes that were supposed to come in and eat him alive. Marlowski's still doing the damn thing. How do you not love Marlowski? I don't know if you guys could hear my, my niece in the next room chiming in. She wants to talk some MMA. Maybe have a beer. <sighs> Not till you're 10, Emily. All right. Um, 
Let's take a look at uh, next week. UFC Fight Night 201, UFC Vegas 48, 49, something. I don't know. I don't know if you guys can hear this or not, but something something absurd is going on in the next room. Anyway, um, UFC Fight Night, main event, Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill. So the big question was Jamal Hill was how was he going to bounce back after getting his arm broken in half by Paul Craig? Because you guys remember that. That was gruesome. He got caught in that arm bar. Paul Craig snapped his arm. Paul Craig is a beast at jiu-jitsu. And a powerful dude. So how is he going to react? How is he going to deal with that? Well, he was going to knock out Jimmy Crute in 48 seconds or whatever it was. So that's how he bounced back. So we have that answer. Johnny Walker um, had such a huge hype train. Then he got derailed by Corey Anderson when Corey Anderson knocked him out unconscious. Then he lost to Nikita Krylov. Then he knocked out Ryan Spann, bounced back a little bit, and then he had that kind of lackluster like fight with Tiago Santos, or Santos uh, beat him by decision. So Johnny Walker's got to do something to get some steam back here. Like, lost three of his last four, and they're still putting him in a main event. So they still want to see something special out of this guy. Will he be able to deliver, or will Jamal Hill be able to bounce back even more from getting his arm broken in half? which kind of like kind of helps boost him a little bit. You know, I know he got submitted and he lost the fight, but he got his arm broken in half, comes back, and then he's knocking dudes out. Like, that's a scary motherfucker right there. Um, Co-main event, Jamie Pickett, Kyle Dawkins. That will be a fun fight. Uh, Parker Porter and Alan Badeau. That's a good one. Jim Miller, another guy still doing the damn thing. Maybe I'll keep the beard until uh, Jim Miller retires, and then I'll shave it off. I'm lying to you guys. As soon as it starts getting to be summertime in Florida again, this beard is gone. It's history. Uh, but Jim Miller against uh, Nicholas Mata. Um, Jim Miller is another one of these guys like Arlovsky who you know, keeps playing spoiler to these young kids. Um, Mata coming off a three-fight win streak. Credit to Jim Miller, though, man, because this guy, he will fight anybody. He he won't pull the, like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this so long. You, you know, you got to give me you got to give me fights against, like, older guys like me, too, that I can beat. Um, no, he's like, yeah, I'll fight these young kids. Eric Gonzalez, yeah, bring him on, and I'll knock him out in 14 seconds, too. How about that? Um. Tim Miller's such a legend, man. How do you not love that guy? Fought through Lyme disease and everything like that. What a savage. Uh, let's see. Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. How do you not love this fight? Is this... This isn't a rematch, is it? No. All right. So this fight is, is bananas. Um, these two guys, two of the most explosive strikers on the roster. So that's my sleeper pick on this card. Pretty obvious one. Uh, Mario Batista fighting, uh, Khalid Taha. 
Gabriel Benitez fighting David Onama. We get some, you know, some young blood on this card. Jessica Rose Clark fighting Stephanie Egger. Chad Skelly and Mark Striegel. Uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with Mark, but um, Chad Skelly is always fun to watch. And uh, Diana Belbita against Gloria DePaula. So this is a fun little fight night card coming up here. Some interesting fights. All right. Well, for those of you joining live, I'm gonna let you all go. To your enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday festivities. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Please don't drink and drive. Um, go Rams. Go Bengals. I don't know. I just want to see a fun game, really. And I just want to win the pool I'm in, which I don't even know what my numbers are. I, I try not to find out because then it's like, then I kind of like obsess over it and I got to do math all night. I'm like, all right, they need, they need a two-point conversion and a field goal. For me to get the seven at the end of the, it's just too much for me. So I'll just rely on whoever ran the pool to be honest and, and let me know if I won or not. That's the plan. All right, guys. Well, if you're football fans and you're listening to this after the fact, I uh, hope you enjoyed the game. I hope you had a fun weekend. Hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, whether you're celebrating with a significant other or you're, you know, celebrating your freedom. Cheers to all of you. A um, little late for a Valentine's gift, but, you know, whatever other holidays coming up, if you want to get for somebody MMA on the Rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% off on your whole order, whether you're buying my merchandise or not. Of course, I appreciate you supporting the show, buying my merchandise, but you know you can get some other stuff on there too, like some training gear. You can support some fighters, throw some cash their way, put a little money in their pocket. If you're one of these people who always talk about how fighters need to be paid more, put a little money in their pocket so they can buy some you know, organic grass-fed quinoa or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're eating now. Whatever, whatever is healthy. Um, in any case, I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes as always. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. As always, I look forward to your feedback, your criticism, your reviews on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. Those definitely help uh, people find the show. And, and um, you know, it's a little thing you can do to, to support. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.